You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, this is Tim Rice. Welcome to the 10th episode of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud. Move It by Cliff Richard. His first UK hit in 1958, which has been followed over the past 60 years by over 100 others. I didn't write that song, but I wish I had. It was actually written by Ian Samwell, a member of Cliff's backing group, The Drifters, later, of course, The Shadows. I've been an admirer of Cliff Richard since Move It, although my credentials as a Cliff fan got off to a rocky start. Move It was initially intended to be the B-side of Cliff's cover of a recent American hit by Bobby Helms entitled Schoolboy Crush. As such, it was competing with the Bobby Helms original, which I heard on Radio Luxembourg and quite liked. I was only 13, I hasten to add. The conventional view then held by teenage record buyers in the UK was that the American original was always superior to the British copy. So even though I'd heard the unknown Cliff Richard version, I opted to buy Bobby Helms, which in all honesty was probably just better. Meanwhile, Cliff's record company EMI, initially at the insistence of his producer, Norrie Paramore's daughter Carolyn, realised that they were sitting on a potential winner with Move It. The B-side became the A-side, and Move It shot speedily to number two in the UK charts. Not bought by me, as I had already forked out a month's pocket money on Mr Helms. But I bought Cliff's follow-up High Class Baby, not quite as good as Move It, and nearly everything he's recorded since. I first met Cliff in 1966, when I was 23 and working in a very junior capacity at EMI Records. The low rung of the ladder that I occupied 
was in the legendary Norrie Paramore's office. Norrie was the company's senior record producer and Cliff Richard still his leading recording artist. I went to many of his sessions at Abbey Road, and although my tasks were generally confined to setting up music stands, labelling tape boxes and getting coffee, I learnt a great deal about the recording studio and about Cliff's consummate professionalism. I remember Paul McCartney dropping in at one of Cliff's sessions to say hello, and feeling a combination of starstruck excitement and abject terror in case one of these musical titans asked for my views on anything, or even for a cup of coffee. When Andrew Lloyd Webber and I were lucky enough to make our own mark in the record business in 1970 via Jesus Christ Superstar, we often crossed paths with Cliff, and at one point had serious discussions about him taking the lead in a new production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which, sad to say, did not materialise. I was nevertheless hopeful that he might record one of our songs one day, or to be more ruthless about it, one of my songs, as by the 1980s, Andrew and I were not working together on any major projects. By the 1990s, I was still waiting for the first Cliff Richard recording of one of my songs, so I was intrigued when he invited me to dinner with Frank Dunlop, the great theatrical director, who had directed the first professional stage production of Joseph back in 1972. Virtually every production of Joseph done since 1972 owes a great deal to Frank's version at the Edinburgh Festival that year. Anyway, I think this dinner must have taken place in late 1991 or early 1992, and when Cliff said that to make up for the total absence of T. Rice works in his CV or resume, he would like me to write an entire show for him, I was more than taken aback. It was to be based on the immortal novel Wuthering Heights, was to be directed by Frank, and the music would be written by John Farrer. The adaptation of the Bronte story would be written by Cliff and Frank, and Heathcliff, rather than Cathy, was to be the central character and Cliff himself would play Heathcliff, an ambition he'd had for many years, and indeed had spoken about in various interviews for a long time. John Farrer's most famous compositions are probably those he wrote for the staggeringly successful film of the musical Grease, notably You're the One That I Want, which was the number one record around the world for John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. John is an Australian composer, record producer and orchestrator who has long been based in Los Angeles. He was for a while a member of The Shadows, and he wrote and produced several other massive successes for Olivia. In short, a top bloke creatively, and as I soon discovered, personally. I left the restaurant that night, having accepted the gig, purely on the strength of the team behind Heathcliff. I had not read Wuthering Heights, although I knew, of course, the superb 1977 Kate Bush song of that title, which I knew would be a tricky, if not impossible, standard to match. Kate never expanded Wuthering Heights beyond her number one hit single. Did she know something we didn't? By late 1992, John and I were well into creating the songs for the show, helped by the fact that I was often in LA working on Aladdin and the Lion King. The plan was for the show to tour arenas around the UK, rather than to kick off in the West End in a more conventional musical theatre setting. But Cliff would guarantee sellouts in these substantial venues, even though he would obviously not be performing any of his 35-year tally of hits. One thing we did not have to worry about was advanced bookings. There were plenty of other things to worry about, as is the case with all shows. John and I took longer to complete the score than originally intended, so the arena dates that had been booked for Heathcliff featured instead a Cliff Richard Greatest Hits tour, which was inevitably and deservedly an outstanding success. One of the first songs we did complete was entitled Misunderstood Man. This song was released as the first single in October 1995, nearly a year before the show itself. Who was the misunderstood man? Well, of course, for the show, it was Heathcliff. But some of the lines I wrote 
could apply to Cliff himself, too.
As a long-time friend and colleague of Cliff Richard, I definitely hoped that some listeners would pick up on the fact that Cliff himself has often been misunderstood, even underrated in some areas, despite his phenomenal achievements. I'm not sure anybody did pick up on that, but thinking of the song's performer as much as of the song's character certainly helped me write it. Plus, of course, John's driving melody. Soon after A Misunderstood Man's Foray into the Top 20, a studio album of ten songs from the forthcoming show was released, and five of the songs featured Olivia Newton-John in duets with Cliff. This created considerable interest in the show well beyond Cliff's extensive fan base. The media, of course, delighted in speculating that Cliff Richard, whose image was perceived as polite, Christian, clean-living, singer of gentle love ballads, could not possibly portray the brutal and vicious Heathcliff. In the meantime, box office records were broken for first-week ticket sales in Birmingham, Edinburgh, Manchester, and Hammersmith in London. I remember one brilliant headline, I think in the Sun newspaper, which did a feature on Cliff's physical workouts in preparation for the show, and they called the item Beef Cliff. In the meantime, ticket sales continued to mount. The album sold well, and Cliff took me and his leading lady for the show, Helen Hobson, on a whistle-stop helicopter trip promoting the show at the venues that Heathcliff would grace. I don't like helicopters. And a second single was released. This was a duet between Heathcliff and Cathy in the shapes of Cliff and Olivia. The song was called Had To Be, and I think it's the best one in the score.
Like Misunderstood Man, the single of Had To Be did okay. I do an occasional An Evening With Tim Rice and Friends show, usually for some fundraising cause, the cause not being me, unfortunately, me and three or four singers in a small band, and the song selection is fairly predictable. Argentina, Any Dream Will Do, I Know Him So Well, Whole New World, Circle of Life, etc., which is what people like to hear. But I do occasionally slip in the odd lesser-known number, and there have been some wonderful versions of Had To Be here and there. It is one of my favourite songs. Anyway, Heathcliff opened in the National Indoor Arena in Birmingham on October the 16th, 1996. Total advance takings were by then £8.5 million. It went down a storm with the fans, but was massacred by the critics, who were clearly praying for something they could be rude about. And they were. Quotes such as withering rather than wuthering, living dull, were bravely used later by Cliff's production company in adverts contrasted with fans' ecstatic comments and box office figures. Helen Hobson as Kathy did get good notices, but the songs and staging barely inspired much comment one way or the other. Cliff himself was simultaneously the show's greatest asset and its greatest problem, the latter because most reviewers and critics refused to separate his real-life persona from his portrayal of a violent, often crude and cruel, protagonist. The book, fashioned by Cliff and Frank Dunlop, used dialogue directly from the Bronte novel, which clashed stylistically with the lyrics and indeed the music of the score. The piece fell between the two stools of concert and theatre, with the former winning out, as a Cliff Richard arena rock performance, inspired by a traditional but complex love story, it hit home wonderfully with the thousands of fans, as something that could have transferred to the West End, not that that was ever the intention, no way, Jose. But Clifford achieved his long-held desire to play Heathcliff, and I was honoured to have been invited to help. As ever, he gave his all, and his audiences loved it. Had it been a conventional stage musical in the West End, I think it would have had to have been a radically different piece. In that situation, there would have been a need for much more to be made of the role of Cathy, a clearer storyline in contemporary language, and a stronger dramatic flow from scene to scene. What the punters got in the stadia and big halls was a series of tableau, that gave Cliff the chance to do what he did best. And what I got was a chance to work with an outstanding composer in John Farrer and a true British music legend in Cliff Richard. Even the live album of the entire show sold well. I'll end my wuthering tale with a short extract of the Heathcliff Company singing I Do Not Love You, Isabella. Isabella is played by Sarah Hafferty, who marries Heathcliff after he becomes the owner of Wuthering Heights, 
despite his obvious lack of love for her. I shall not stay for Isabella Never heed my marriage vow Believe in time you won't regret this Though it may disturb you now Abandon all attempts to love me Don't fool yourself, that's what you feel When you at last decide to hate me at least Your emotion will be real Wolfish savage, tuned to madness Love is stifled, joy denied Reasoning need not detain you But woman, it's not all bad news Very few five beasts and soccer in the spouse Or life that they choose They choose That was episode 10 of Get Onto My Cloud, written and presented by Tim Rice and produced by Peter Hobbs. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.